Welcome to Kubrick Group's Data Balance podcast. Each month, we'll be interviewing a variety of talented and inspiring people who use data and technology in their career. We'll be discussing diversity challenges and opportunities across the industry, and we'll be shining a light on ways to create a more diverse team and all the advantages that diversity brings when creating teams to solve complex problems. Today, we'll be discussing why women in data should build a personal brand with Tanya Andreessen, Managing Director and Editor-in-Chief at Fintech Futures. As an inspirational speaker with years of experience in the industry, Tanya has grown her personal brand to become a highly influential woman in the tech industry. Hi, Tanya. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. So could you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Sure. So I have been working in the fintech and broader banking technology sector for nearly 15 years now, long before fintech was a thing. That's when I started. And my background is in journalism and editorial, and I work my way up uh, through a number of publications. And currently, I'm a managing director and editor-in-chief of an international fintech publication. And why do you believe gender diversity is important in the data industry? Data industry, I'm sure similar to other uh, tech industries, is very heavily male-dominated. So which means that you only get one type of point of view and one type of strategy and one type of journey. When you have diversity, and it doesn't matter whether it's in data, in tech, or any other industry, you get multitude of voices, you get multiple opinions, and you just get more and from different angles. I agree. Variety is the spice of life, right? The more you have, the more you can see. Absolutely. And have you seen a change in in your kind of experience with the industry of how women are sharing their voice and how they, they're coming across in, in their viewpoints as well? Oh, absolutely. So when I started as a, a journalist, uh, attending any conference, you would stick out like a sore thumb. You'd probably be one of a very, very, very few women at a tech event. Now, I wouldn't say that it's 50-50 now, but it's definitely getting better. There is more and more women attending. There is more and more women speaking and presenting and making themselves heard. And uh, you can see that this balance is slowly shifting, not as quickly as perhaps uh, we would like, but it's at least taking the steps in the right direction. And also you can see a lot more women present just across the board, um, you know, in boardrooms, uh, on on site, on the floor, you know, in the company, uh, across different uh, walks of life and across different sort of divisions. So it's not just like marketing or PR, for example, you know, but it's more and more technology and senior executive positions, so which is great. In our previous podcast, we've covered sort of recruitment area. So the idea of getting more women through the door. And we've also discussed how comfortable women can feel in the boardroom in a dynamic team. But do you think a big part of that's also personal brand and how you as a woman are known within your own network as well? Yes, absolutely. A personal brand has a lot to do with it, particularly if you're in a position that requires a lot of your presence. You know, that requires, especially if you're in a boardroom or if you're in an executive position, if you're doing lots of presentations and talks and face-to-face conversations, this brand can really help because this is part of building up your confidence. And just for our listeners who don't, who aren't quite sure maybe what a personal brand is, what, what does it mean in the workplace, in, in the industry for data? What does a personal brand look like? 
Uh, I think in uh, now in the days of social media, uh, everybody since the young age knows kind of or thinks like, oh, I should build up my personal brand. Uh, and um, it's kind of not that easy because when everybody tries to be a personal brand, you know, that you're then just one of many. But basically, it means that people know you for who you are. They recognize your name, they recognize your face, they recognize your voice, and they also have some kind of view of what type of opinions you have, uh, what type of knowledge and experience you have, and what it is that you have to share with the world. So would you say it's more of a personal thing, more subjective and personality driven, or would you say it's more about communicating competency in your field, or both? I think it's a good combination of both because uh, it's wonderful if you're competent and to be honest, to advance in whatever field you are working in, you need to be competent, you know, because just your charms or your personality will only get you, you know, this far. Uh, But at the same time, if you don't have the personality or relatability or if you have troubles just expressing yourself or communicating and connecting with people, that could be a setback if you're trying to build a personal brand. Absolutely. But I mean, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Especially kind of day to day encompassing within your job to build up and flush out your own personal brand and communicate with your wider network. So what advice would you give to our listeners, for example, who do want to develop their personal brand, who perhaps aren't as confident in going out there and joining networks and and speaking at different events, but who do want to get their leg up and, and get cracking on that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it also depends a lot on the character, right? Some people are way more outgoing or extroverted than others, and some people are shy. So first and foremost, if you are trying to build your personal brand, you have to overcome whatever limitations in, in terms of being shy, you you know, or held back um, you have. Then secondly, you might not necessarily... Uh, you know, be present at the conference or incessantly tweeting. But if you want to get your message across, you have to put it either in writing or in video and somehow put it out there to other people to see. So either via social media for professionals such as LinkedIn or other ways like Medium, for example, for the written word. So leaving a digital footprint almost of your views and your thoughts on, on topics. Absolutely. And how did you develop your own personal brand? Uh, well, being a journalist, uh, it really helps because you're out and about a lot. You talk to people. And as a journalist, yes, you are mainly asking questions. So you're on the other side. But that still helps to connect and helps to communicate. And as you grow uh, as a professional and learn more about the industry and the players, then you start forming your own opinions and you start forming your own knowledge. And so I started sharing it as well, you know, through my publication. So I was a journalist, so I wrote a lot of features and byline articles and interviews with my name on it. And then I shared it across social media. And then I, nowadays I talk quite a lot at various conferences and events and do presentations. So hopefully people know my name and kind of know what type of industries I specialize in and what my focus is. And do you think as well that starts perhaps in the house as well, so perhaps not necessarily at a bigger scale across the wider industry, but even something as small as writing a little article and whizzing around to your friends or or talking about your viewpoints at home. Do you think that's the same kind of parallel skill sets that can be used? 
Um, yes, I suppose, because you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> so uh, perhaps uh, your company might be a really good place to do that as well. Uh, pretty much all companies have some kind of corporate newsletters, or even if it's like a pin board, you know, in the kitchen, you might just print something out and put it out there um, or do some sort of internal communication. And it doesn't matter how small it is. Nobody, you know, writes war and peace straight away or produces like amazing videos right you start small take the first steps because it takes a while to find your comfort zone and your voice as well because you have to have your own personality coming through so if you're just copying somebody else it's not going to work so you have to develop something of your own and that takes time and do you think feedback's a big part of that as well then so making a mistake learning from it and having more people hear it back and give you feedback to grow oh a hundred percent and it is very important to not to be afraid to make mistakes right nobody's perfect uh, and even the most eloquent of speakers on stage that you see and you admire at some point they did make mistakes and they probably still do uh, so you have to be able to admit understand and learn from them and it's also important to be able to take criticism you know constructive criticism of course because this is how you learn so I know you regularly speak about women having confidence in the workplace. Um, and as data, as we've just said, um, is a male-dominated industry. Could you give our female listeners three tips that could give um, them a boost in their confidence in the workplace or help build their confidence in the workplace? Well, uh, there are plenty of tips, but sort of going, you know, condensing it to three. So first one is do not be afraid to speak up. Uh and I know it's sometimes difficult if you are in a very male-dominated environment and you're, for example, the only woman in the room, that can be intimidating. And that's why diversity is so important. You know, you have many different faces, whatever, you know, gender or color or background, you know, it always helps with confidence. So don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And also collaborate. Don't try to do everything on your own, uh, find your allies and form partnerships and help, you know, help other people and let them help you to grow. And what do you think the industry could do to make women feel more supported in that? Well, I think every organization should have um, a dedicated person or dedicated team uh, to help women build up their career. And, uh, and these people should also understand the environment they work in and they should be there not just as a tick box exercise, you know, part of HR or whatever diversity program, but genuinely uh, trying to help and be knowledgeable. And that's helping in a day-to-day -day things, not necessarily like, oh, how do I make you a CEO? No, but just on the everyday activities. You know, if I have a problem, for example, with my colleagues, uh, where do I go? you know, can is there a safe place I can discuss freely? Will anyone help me? So small things that add up and make a big difference. So do you think that's the kind of thing that should be done by a dedicated team, you said, internally? Or do you think that's part of somebody's day-to-day -day role along with their job? Um, it depends on the size of the organization, I think. Uh, ideally, I think there should be some kind of dedicated function uh, but if not, I think that it should be part definitely of somebody's function, you know, to be able to have some time set aside to work on this. Not like after work, you know, or volunteering, but just as part of their job role. 
Absolutely, because that's quite a key part of it, isn't it? That it shouldn't be something that you're adding on post 5pm. It should be inherent to your day-to-day activities, right? Yes, and it should also go beyond just, oh, look, we printed a really nice leaflet and pinned it to the board about how important it is to have diversity in the workplace. Job done, (laughs) you know. It's not just about plastering up a big billboard. It's changing that cultural attitude Mm -hmm. about having that confidence, having that personal brand and supporting people who don't necessarily always have the loudest voice. Absolutely. So what are fintech futures currently doing to support gender diversity? Quite a big, big loaded question. <laughs> but if, if you had to pick the top, the top three things again. Sure. Well, we are a publishing platform. So first and foremost, we provide the platform for women in the fintech and tech industry where they can have their voice and where they can be heard. So and it varies uh, from the issues they want to discuss, you know, about their personal brand or about diversity or about their knowledge as an expert in whatever field they do. So this is one thing. Uh, We also, as an organization, internally, we are all very passionate about having a balanced um, workplace. So we do do a lot of programs about attracting women, um, you know, having them apply for various job roles that we've got at Fintech Futures, as well as the wider company, um, parent company, which is called Informa, which is one of the largest corporations out there. Um, And uh, also we do quite a lot of work in terms of recognizing women for their achievements. For example, we hold annual banking technology awards and Paytech awards. So Paytech is for the people in the payments industry. And we have an award specifically for women in these organizations, those who have achieved genuine recognition, not just because they're women, but for their work, and they happen to be women. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's that's really eloquently put. That's such an important point, isn't it? That you're being empowered and strengthened and there's a spotlight on you because of the quality of the work you've done, rather than because you're Mm. a female or because Mm. you, you tick certain box. Yeah, in an ideal world, right, it doesn't matter what gender you are. You know, whatever job you do, you do it well. It should not matter. Nobody should question or think about, like, you know, what ethnic background you are, what gender you are. You know, are you a vegetarian or whatever? If you're doing your job well, that's what's important. Absolutely. Um, So just on the topic of, of doing the job well, I guess, taking a step back away from diversity and confidence, an interesting point, I think, especially if you are, you know, doing in the world of journalism for data, how have you been in fintech futures? How have you been addressing data sourcing, for example? So a lot of your pieces are looking at news and news updates and regulated information. How are you looking at the quality of information that you are presenting across in your in your articles? Uh, well, our publication prides itself in doing uh, research and value add. So we receive a lot of press releases and announcements from companies on a daily basis. Uh, and so we vet it, we verify it, we fact check it, we make sure that what we put out there is a final, trustworthy, reputable and respected product. So if people come to our publication to read up on news or to read up on case studies or analysis, whatever that might be, they know that if it's published on our site or in our magazine, it can be trusted and it has reputation. And ultimately, do you think there are parallels there between what you're doing with that trustability with a company that you would want to bring into somebody building up their personal brand? The idea of trustworthy information, trustworthy opinions, reliable source almost. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, it has to be, you know, if you're just hot air and, uh, you know, all talk and no action, that's not good. People will see through that, you know. If you are uh, not being honest, people will see through that as well. So whatever it is, the brand that you're building up, you know, you have to be a reliable source. So if you're saying you are who you are and what you are, it has to be, it has to have foundation, you know. It has to be inherent in what you're doing and that has to be a consistent message, right? Yes, absolutely. And also you got to be knowledgeable about it. You know, if you're, for example, working in the data industry and you're claiming to be a data expert, but if you don't know anything, then, you know, we have a problem. (laughs) Absolutely. So if you could do something right now which would rapidly change the gender ratio in the industry, what would you do? Well, that's really easy. Equal opportunity and equal pay. (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Get the right carrot hanging in front of the right people, right? Yep. Makes sense. And finally, what advice would you give to non-diverse teams who are looking to positively make that change, who perhaps don't have the option of, as we said, dangling the right carrot, but but would like to make that improvement? I think an important thing is uh, first to recognize what it is that you're doing and why. So why do you want to be a diverse team? You know, just for the sake of just saying me too, you know, because, well, other guys there are diverse, so I should be as well. No, so why are you doing it? And then that would help you formulate the strategy of how to achieve this. Uh, And also another very important thing is never to look at the diversity in isolation. So it's not like a standalone siloed thing. It has to go through every single part and process of your organization. Um, Otherwise, it will be just a tick box exercise and you will never be able to achieve really the efficiency that you hope diversity will bring. It's going back to why you want that diverse team, why you want people to be confident, why you need people to have their personal brand within the team. Yes, uh, 100%, because diverse teams uh, bring much better results. You know, that has been proven. There is plenty of information and studies and statistics to prove that. So you're not being diverse just for the sake of it. You want it for the betterment of your organization, for getting better business results as well. And so to do that, you have to understand, okay, this is my goal. So how do I go about it? And, you know, how do I integrate this notion of diversity through every sort of silo and process within my organization, maybe change the processes or completely revamp them or add new ones, you know, look at it like holistically and that would really help. Absolutely. Tanya, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to our fourth episode of the Data Balance podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud and join us next month for more conversations on diversity in data.